0: Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm, Cork's Red FM.
1: The Women in Sport Podcast with Ger McCarthy on the Big Red Bench. Welcome to a brand new edition of the Big Red Bench Women in Sport Podcast. I'm your host Ger McCarthy, and you can follow me on my social media, Instagram and Twitter accounts at mccarthy 74 What a show we've lined up for you this week. Up first is Olympic bound rower Emily Hegarty who talks about the thrill of qualifying for Tokyo and why rowing is a sport every young girl should try. I also speak to Cork-based Aussie Rules club member Caroline Condon about the surge in interest in Aussie Rules football and how you can get involved in the all-action sport. Cork senior camogie manager Paddy Murray checks in to preview Sunday's National League semi-final with Galway. Also Cork intermediate banished Mark McCarthy looks ahead to his county's upcoming All-Ireland campaign. Former Waterford ladies football legend Michelle Ryan previews this weekend's LGFA National League semi-finals and talks about her new role as an analyst and co-commentator. Finally, we hear from the Cork Senior Ladies Football Camp ahead of Saturday's huge National League showdown with Donegal. Aye, aye, That's all to aye, come aye. on this week's Women in Sport Podcast. Skibarine Rowing Club's Emily Hegarty is heading to Tokyo. Hegarty, along with fellow Irish women's four crew members Emer Lam, Afrik Kyo and Fiona Murta, secure their tickets to the summer's Olympic Games by winning the final Olympic qualification regatta in Lucerne recently. It promises to be an exciting summer as Emily Hegarty explained to the Women in Sport Podcast. Absolutely delighted and thrilled now to be joined on the line by Olympics-bound Emily Hegarty. Emily Hegarty of uh, Olympic rowing fame. Uh, She she will be part of a quartet that will travel to Tokyo and represent their country. Um, Emily, welcome to the Women in Sport podcast. Congratulations first on reaching Tokyo.
2: Thank you so much and thank you for having me.
1: No problem at all. It's lovely to speak to you. Can I can I take you back to that to that moment when you crossed the line, ye being the quartet, um, to qualify, uh, for for, for the Olympics and yourself, Eamor Lamb, Afrika and Fiona Murta What was that moment like? And did was it all a bit surreal?
2: Ace was almost relief more so than anything, to be honest, because since we missed out in twenty nineteen in the four, like. It was kind of two years in the making and, you know, on the day anything could happen and, you know, it would be awful to think like we did all that work for nothing. So I think it was just relief and just like elation once you passed across the line and just so happy to fold it off.
1: Yeah, because you you've gone very well in the heat even by your own high standards. Is is that fair the day before?
2: Um. Yeah, no, we were happy. We kind of knew what we could improve on from the heat so I think it was good to get that in and then kind of we kind of made those changes coming into the final then.
1: When you were looking across at the start line, who were the main rivals? I know the Chinese were there, they're about to right at the end, but who are usually the main rivals at this discipline?
2: Um, I think for a qualification who are still vying would have been like China who missed out by one spot two years ago and there was also Italy as well which have a really, had a really strong four hmm. and so we kind of knew there would be fast crews there too but like there was really quick girls in all fours so at the same time like last minute lineup changes and everything like anything could happen between all the crews
1: yeah and like it's not that it came out of the blue necessarily either emily because you had great success at the european championships where you won silver medals can you how important the moment was that in your career
2: i think it was just like a very good boost coming into qualification that like we knew we were up there hmm. and that just kind of just keep doing what we're doing and that it's working and just trust in the process and just really kind of there was no kind of, quite like, any kind of queries we had over it were kind of put to bed. Like, we kind of knew what we had to do to get there. It was just a case of going through the motions and getting it done.
1: How does it feel when somebody says good luck in the Olympics?
2: It's a weird one, really. Because I think all along it was a case of, like, oh, whether or not we go, you know, there was never any certainty. Whereas now, like, it even, like, in training now, like, we're definitely going. Which is a weird one. It's, like, a new motivating factor. But, like, it's a nice element to have that there is that but a certainty now going into it and that we definitely will be on
3: the start line at Tokyo.
1: And just finally out the quartet uh, that have qualified, what's the dynamic like between you? You obviously get on very well, but I mean, how important is it to have a good rapport as a team? Because uh, obviously when there's four of you in the boat, you know, one can't afford to be, you know, one can't afford to be able to step at any stage.
2: Yeah, and I think as well a big thing for us is that it's not just the four. Like there is like eight very strong women like, we were in the making, like, made that four quick. So, like, the whole way through the winter, we were always just on the water, like, in pairs, racing each other, like, um, like, Monique, Eileen, Tara, Claire, all of them would have been involved in making the four as fast as it was because, like, times coming into trials were just so close, like, the margins, there was nothing in it. So I think that kind of competitive atmosphere coming in day, out, day in, day out, just made such a massive difference and, like, really, really helped the boat speed.
1: Now, you row for Skipperine Rowing Club and you come from a part of the country called Ahadon in the parish of rowers. Um, There there are certain other individuals from around that part of the world that have made a name for themselves in rowing, namely Paul and Gary O'Donovan. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously they were an influence on you, but you know, when, when you're that close and you're, you're seeing people up close that are having that kind of success, was there any moment where you're recently in your career that you felt that little bit extra bit of pressure because people are all kind of getting behind you? now?
2: Um, I think it was alright. Actually, I'll just say there, I'm representing UCC at the moment, just so I don't. Um, but um, I think it was a funny one. I think in Skibbering, like there was always like massive like, girls coming up, like, Orla Hayes, Denise Walsh, who I would have always looked up to, like, coming into, like, you know, starting the training process and coming into the team and stuff. Like, they were always big inspirations, like, from when I was younger. But I think it's a funny one now that, like, there was never, like, a lot of heavyweights coming out of Skibbereen Ryan Club. Like, there was very few. So I think it was, like, at first it was a bit, like, am I being a bit ambitious? But, like, it's nice to see that kind of pay off and I don't really find it pressure I think it's just kind of I'd like to think that it's motivating that there is kind of no limits in that in that in that
1: regard indeed and whilst you currently roll for UCC you would have come up through the ranks at Skibbereen
2: yeah yeah no I'm in university in court now
1: um between 2013 and 2016 I have a statistic written down here and you can confirm it for me you won 12 national titles yeah (laughs) Okay, well, congratulations, obviously, on that. I mean, obviously rowing, not just through that period, but even when you were very young, was obviously very, very important to you. It would have been difficult to avoid it, I'd imagine, where you live. But when did you know rowing was the thing for you?
2: To be honest, I didn't have a lot of options. I was crap at every other sport. (laughs) So it was kind of, I took to rowing quite naturally. Hmm. So it's kind of nice to be good at something. So I think that was my main motivating factor when I started everyone was just that it came like it was enjoyable and like I wasn't bad at it so I think that was kind of why I stuck with it
1: yes but I mean it still it takes an incredible amount of discipline and, and time and training I think something that people outside the sport the bubble of that sport may not necessarily realize I mean for example prior to the Olympics how often would you train and where would you train and at what times
2: um, so, at the moment, we're all based full-time out of the National ring Centre in Nascara, mm-hmm. but um, I actually took a year out of college this year just to road just to make sure we had nothing, like, there was nothing left to chance, really. Um, but, yeah, we'd be out of the ring Centre two or three times a day.
1: And, again, you look, you've taken a huge personal sacrifice there. This is obviously something that's very, very important to you. Um, you know, it's easy for someone to ask you, well, taking a year out is a big thing, but... How, how have you adjusted to that? Because you're you're all but a semi-professional. Is that a fair statement to say you're a semi-professional roar because of that?
2: Um, I think with, in my situation, I just didn't want to look back and be like, oh, you know, if I didn't make it, whether I made it or not, I didn't want to be like, oh, well, maybe if I had done this, mm. I would have made it. Whereas I feel like you know, like focusing solely on around this year and kind of giving myself the best chance to make it. I kind of felt like I couldn't look back with the regrets if I didn't make it that sort of way because I poured my heart and soul into it.
1: That's a fair point. And just a question as well: just where you're all based, where all the roars are based now, prior to Tokyo. What's the atmosphere like? I mean, obviously, I would imagine everyone gets on pretty well, but does does it is it competitive? Are you pushing each other? And does it help that you've got everyone around you?
2: I think definitely, yeah, it does. And, like, everyone's coming off the back of unreal results from Lucerne and everything. That, like, yeah, every time we are lining up for pieces against each other, every crew wants to win. (laughs) So I think that really helps, like, everyone get the most out of their training.
1: Um, You started rowing quite young, and you took to it, as you said, because, you know, it was one of the sports that you were pretty good at straight away. But even at that, when you see the amount of young girls that are taking part in rowing, not just up in, in, in Skibreen, but around all rowing clubs and as well as coastal rowing as well, which has become hugely popular down in West Cork and beyond. What is it about rowing that you feel, you know, for, especially for a young girl, say that's seven, eight, nine years old, that's wondering what's the sport that they're going to have a go for, have a go of? Why is it or why would you recommend rowing?
2: I think um, like when the weather's nice and in the summer when there's like when I think it's just one of the nicest places to be is on the water like when the sun is shining and it's calm and it's just like so nice and i think as well if you have a good group doing it like it can be so much fun as well like we when i started there was like 10 of us rowing together for the first few years and like to be honest like it was more fun than work so i definitely think like enjoy it like when you do get into it just enjoy it and don't be worrying about results or times or anything like you'll be there's plenty of time to be worrying about that down the line i think just it's so much fun like when you first get into it and just to really enjoy it and you know we're lucky where we are in west cork that like we have such a nice setup and we essentially have the water to ourselves um because like i've rode in a lot of different places now and like not like few compared to like what we have in skibberina and in west cork so I definitely think we're very
1: lucky and just to, to take advantage of that. Okay, well, look, it's 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 the, it's the May. Uh, we're still a few months off Tokyo um, and the rearranged Olympics. Obviously, we wish you every success, everybody, not just on the Women in Sport podcast, but everyone that listens to the Big Red Bench and Cork's Red FM. Um, Emily Hegarty, we wish you nothing but success in Tokyo and we hope, we hope you achieve all the goals that you set out.
2: Thank you so, so
0: much.
1: The Big Red Bench. Game on. Saturday and Sunday from
0: 6 pm.
1: Claire Condon is an Aussie Rules player based in Cork who has represented Cork Vikings and UCC Crusaders. Established in 2018, Cork Aussie Rules teams have been competing ever since and reached two National Premiership Grand Finals in 2018 and 2019. The Cork Vikings are always looking to recruit new players and Caroline is eager to see her club and sport continue to flourish. Now, delighted to be joined by Caroline Condon, who is an Australian rules footballer from Cork and living and playing in Cork. Caroline, welcome to the Women in Sport podcast. Thanks very much. Um, simple question to start. Uh, what, Who are uh, the Cork Vikings? Who are the UCC Crusaders? And how long has Australian rules for women, female Australian rules, been active in not just Cork, but the country as well?
4: So, our vikings are actually the only club team in munster and we accept players from all over munster and it was set up in 2016 or 17 by uh mike coran who is also in charge of ucc crusaders as well and that's been um set up in 2017 as well so it's just been growing since then and our league actually started in 2009 but we only had two teams, which were the Dublin Swans and a Belfast team. And the first ever women's game was actually held up north because there's a huge interest up there. And to this day, Ulster Burras, um are, are based up there. And the national team, the Irish Banshees, actually went over to Melbourne in 2011 and they won that. So when girls here saw that it, that it was so popular, they started up loads of teams in Cork and Galway and West Clare as well Mm -hmm. so um, the league basically was a couple of tournaments during the summer and they were kind of blitz style events Um, (laughs) so currently um, we've kind of changed the system of the league and it's basically starting with the Leaside League so the Leaside League is starting next Wednesday night, and that will be Cork Vikings versus UCC Crusaders. And it's the first the first year that women's teams are involved in the Leaside League. Um, and all the lads teams, the Leaside League the Leaside Lions, Kerry Suns, UCC Bombers, and MTU Saints will also be there at the same location. So it'll be uh, three games starting at quarter past seven, and UCC and Uh, Cork Vikings will be uh, playing around quarter to eight. So the idea of the new league really is to get everyone involved and everyone can watch a couple of games of footy and men's and women's teams will all be there together supporting each other. So it'll just bring the clubs in Cork a bit closer. Mm. Kind of make it more social and stuff, then sure, we
1: might get a pint in afterwards. <laughs> open again. And isn't that, isn't that what it's all about, especially at the moment, Caroline? It's yeah, like yeah, just a bit of crack, really. Like, yeah. um, but Caroline, yeah, with, um, just from your own point of view, it's clear that there's a lot of interest in this, and that's probably because so many players, such as Breed Stack, so many female sports stars from this country are making an impact in Aussie rules across the other side of the world.
4: Oh, yeah, it's great to see like. The, the game is excelling so much and with TG Cahar hosting the games as well, um, like it's so many more girls want to get involved and we get DMs to the page every day really showing interest of new girls wanting to, to join and stuff. So it's really good and hopefully the game will keep excelling from here.
1: What first attracted you to the sport?
4: Um, basically the intensity of it, just it's a bit more physical, then GAA, but also like you're rewarded for doing the simple things right. So like, say you just catch the ball clean out of the air, you get a mark and you can just take your time. And um, also if you tackle properly, if you're able to wrap someone up, you're rewarded for that as well. So compared to Camogie and GAA, there's kind of a lot less more. There's a a less amount of fouling, so like it's less stuff start and stuff.
1: Um, and as you said, like <clears throat> the opportunity to grow, up, not just in Cork, but nationwide, uh, is there now, not just this week, but probably in future weeks as well. And just to, re- to reiterate, if somebody is listening to this, if, you, if a girl wants to get in- involved or feels that they just want to try it out, where can they find information on Cork Vikings?
4: So we have an Instagram page, Cork Vikings, and just DM the page and we will be able, like before our matches, we actually have skill sessions. So, if someone wants to just come down and get stuck in, have a bit of a game, we we go through all the rules before the game. And it's there's no w- better way to learn how to play a sport than just getting stuck in.
1: The big red bench.
0: On. Saturday and Sunday from 6 pm.
1: The Cork Intermediate Camogie team's National League Division 2 campaign was ended by down last weekend. I asked manager Mark McCarthy how the squad is faring ahead of their upcoming All Ireland Championship. But first, here's Cork Senior Camogie Manager Paddy Murray previewing his county's National League Division 1 semi-final meeting with Galway on Sunday. OK, delighted to be joined now by the Cork Senior Camogie Manager Paddy Murray as his team look ahead to a National League semi-final clash with Galway in Nolan Park next Sunday. Uh, first of all, Paddy, how are preparations going ahead of that clash? I sure look, they're going as well as possible. Uh, you know, look, we're, we're training way and and...
3: Uh... The commitment is good, so um, you know, I suppose looking forward to uh, playing Galway, I think to the partner that we have, I suppose, a real test uh, before Championship, um, you know, so I suppose you can't get it any any, any
5: harder than Galway.
1: Um, you mentioned to me previously um, on the Women in Sport podcast that you would have preferred a match in between rather than the break, have you changed your mind about that since or has it given players a chance to rest any niggling injuries?
3: Well we did have a, have a run out uh, last weekend against Clare and uh, you know look we had probably we have five or six people that are, are players that are uh, have uh, a few issues going on so you know just hope that they'd clear up uh, but at the same time it allowed us to give a lot of the girls that probably didn't get uh, a lot of a run out during the league to you know just to give them a run out.
1: Um, this weekend also includes uh, a league semi-final for the Cork footballers. Quite a few dual players involved there. Um, you'll be hoping they come through unscathed.
3: Yeah, yeah, of course. Obviously, it's a concern that that uh, you know we will have probably three players playing playing um, two games, or, or you know that they'll be involved in two games over the weekend. Uh, we haven't sat down really, I suppose, to 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 look at what we will do, uh, whether we will. Um, Played them or not and you know look I'll have to have a conversation with Efi on that as well so it's probably not ideal preparation uh, for us but look it is what it is uh, it's going to be that way for the summer
1: anyway so we might as well get used to it um, Gal, we are no strangers to party down through the years but last year you met them at the group stage in the All-Ireland Championship they obviously got all the way to the final only to be beaten by Kilkenny as far as tests go this early in the year it's, it's as good a one as you could have asked for
3: Oh we're delighted with it and uh, um, You know, I spoke to the girls after uh, we qualified for the semi-final and, uh, you know, look, I said uh, nothing. uh, uh, We wanted nothing, only uh, probably the strongest test possible in the semi-final and that's what we've got. So, you know, we've got to look forward to it.
1: Is it easy to look at your progress over the National League considering the amount of players you've used or is that the goal really to see how all those new players go?
3: Well, the key for me always in the league is is to... uh, bring players through, and um, I think it's important later on the year, you know, look, injuries, or you know, uh, some players may have a different form, so it's important that we have a, a have a big panel. We purposely kept the the, 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 the the numbers down, I think we're working off 25 this year, whereas last year I think we were 32, 33, so, you know, look, we just want everyone within that that, that number to feel they have a chance to make it.
1: Without giving anything away, are you seeing positive signs from individuals who you hope will make an impact in Championship? Yeah, look, uh, we played there last weekend and
3: uh, I, I just think that there's a number of players that probably at the start of the year weren't, uh, uh, I suppose, at their best. But, you know, they're starting to come now, which is obviously very, very good. Uh, you know, there's certainly a spark in their place. So um, I think sitting down picking the team won't be won't be an easy one uh, for the semi-final.
1: And just finally, from your own point of view, you obviously want to win and get into a league final another quality opponent but what are you looking for most from this Sunday?
3: I suppose I'm looking for an improved performance again. I suppose I'm looking for 65 minutes of performance. Um, You know, we stick to our own approach, uh, our principles of play, um, you know, and I think that if we perform uh, to to our maximum, I think we're good enough to win it. I had no... uh, you know, we went up to Pierce Stadium last year, and um, they court, scored two sideline cuts that, that were probably the the major difference in the in in the uh, um, in that game. So I don't think there's you know, look. I think we we, we have to look forward to to this game and look at it as a real challenge. You know, uh,
1: Mark McCarthy, uh, manager of the. Cork Intermediate Camogie team, who unfortunately went down to Down um, in their last uh, league outing. Um, Mark, obviously, commiserations on the result, a disappointing result. But what what of the performance, and were there positives to take out of it?
0: Yeah, I suppose look, just reflecting on the on the game, obviously, disappointing results. It's it's never nice to go out of a competition, particularly when there's silverware at the end of it. Uh, the league was some. The league was an aspect that we were, we really targeted at the start of the year as. We we'll, will utilise this. We we'll get as far as we can within the competition, and hopefully challenge within the latter stages. Unfortunately, we we um uh, were knocked out short of, of our target. Uh, target was to win, win the title, but look, we just have to respect that they were extremely tough opposition downward mm-hmm. and and we also just have to acknowledge as well that the league competition itself could possibly, you know, in terms of the caliber caliber teams, you have your three senior teams, uh, down. You have Westmead and uh Down, Westmead and Wexford who all com- compete with the senior. Uh so we knew look coming into the league that it was gonna be a challenge. But yeah, unfortunately we just didn't uh we didn't really click on the day. I suppose we we played in kind of fits and starts. Uh, didn't play consistently throughout and because of that then down just got the upper hand in uh the, particularly there at the fifteen minutes after halftime.
1: Yeah, but again, Mark, to put it into context, these are, this is the All Ireland Intermediate Champions from the previous year, isn't that correct?
0: That's correct. Yeah, yeah, and we, we we're under no illusions that they we're going to be uh, a very strong uh, opponent. And looking back at, at their prior at their previous games, they they played Antrim in the first game, and um, Antrim got the better of them that day. But they were without their star forward uh, Niamh Malone, so she was worth, you know, she could be worth six or eight points on the day, which she proved on Saturday against us that she was a. Uh, a, you know, a serious, serious player that that could get into any any team. But yeah, look, they're, they're defending champions and they, and they play like that as well. Uh, so we wish them the very best for their remainder competition and in going into the, the senior championship as well, I'm sure they, they can compete and turn a few heads.
1: Indeed. Um, To be fair to you, Mark, and your management team, from the outset and the matches that I would have covered and seen and we, we've spoken since the start of the season, you have utilised as many players as you possibly could during the league campaign rather than focusing on winning every game with your strongest team that that's not even a reflection that, that that that's a fact so i mean from that perspective you must have seen a lot of new players and gotten gotten to see what the, the pros and cons of those players in inter, at inter county level which is really what the league is about for you
0: that's exactly so you know as i said the, the goal was to win the league but at the same time we wanted to give every player equal opportunities and i think we we achieved that uh, we're going to continue to work on that going forward into the championship as well. Obviously, look, it'll be a more condensed format, but uh, we took we took that process that we took that decision at the start of the year that we wanted to, uh, you know, test out the pool of players within Karkamogi, uh give girls opportunities that might have had opportunities at senior ranks, and then blood the new players that coming through from Jerry Wallace's minor side last year. Uh, so look, you yeah, have plenty of positives to take in terms of the girls getting a feel for. Competitive action, you know, going up to more Park was was a massive occasion for a number of them, uh, many of them, and uh, you know, playing as playing at that level against good opposition, it, it'll hopefully stand to them going forward. If not this year, but into the future,
1: indeed. And like the thing is, now from your perspective, Mark, um, obviously all focus now turns to an all and Championship. However, you have dates when you know you'll be playing, but you still don't have uh, any idea of the opposition. Is that correct?
0: That's correct. Yeah, no, no idea the opposition. We know that there's going to be 11 teams competing in that. So taking out your three senior teams from from the league, um, uh, you will have the remaining, you know, the like of Galway, uh, Antrim, uh, Meade, we be all particularly strong. But yeah, we have the we have say the the dates, but it's we can target those, you know, no matter the opposition. Then we're we're tailoring toward tailoring our sessions towards that uh July 23rd mark. And for Blair, then, we just know that it's going to be every week on the bounce to a a potential final in September. So with that, then, it's just a case of sitting down as management and planning this training block in between the end of the league and the start of the championship, making sure that the players aren't overloaded between their club, uh, club league, and that they're receiving sufficient game time. But, you know, keeping one one eye on the, the championship on the 23rd of July.
1: Yeah, and just finally on that and, and the fact that you're entering a championship, you have a very talented panel. I mean, it's drawn from a lot of different clubs, but it did look like a settled team, especially that day against Kerry, even with all the substitutions. There seems to be a nice bond growing between that team. Not an easy thing to do for so many players from different clubs.
0: That's it. Like, look, I mentioned there even last year when we were putting together the panel that we wanted to go you know, across the county, have a look at your, your junior clubs, have a look at intermediates and into the seniors. Uh, we have 14, 14 players that play at the senior ranks and, and after that, then you're looking at, at intermediate and junior A. Um, so, the Calgary players, is, we're very, very happy with. Uh, we know that on the day, they can beat anyone. Uh, unfortunately, we just haven't put together that 60-minute performance. But the cohesion in the squad is building and we're looking forward now over the coming weeks building on that. Uh, having a couple of days out, taken away from the training ground in Castle Road. And uh, and you know working on this on that element of getting to know each other, and you know at the end of the day that will stand to you when when you're under pressure in a game. Missed, Missed the show? show. Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at RedFM.ie. Corks red fm.
1: Michelle Ryan enjoyed a stellar ladies football club and intercounty career. Since retiring, the former Waterford star has made a name for herself as a respected TG Carr ladies football analyst, co commentator, and pundit. I asked Michelle to break down both of this weekend's LGFA National League semi finals Cork versus Donegal and Dublin versus Mayo. Okay, absolutely delighted uh, to be joined on the Women in Sport podcast by Tina G, analyst, co commentator, um, and just about all round ladies football expert, former Waterford Supremo, Michelle Ryan. Michelle, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast.
3: You're
6: very welcome, Jared. That's quite
1: an intro now. I, I don't know if I mirrors all that, but thanks a million. No, indeed you do. I've been enjoying your work um, since finishing playing and and obviously you're getting a bird's eye view of a lot of games. We were both down in Waterford this afternoon for the Cork and Waterford game. Um, let's just talk about the semi-finals for the National League taking place this coming weekend because they involve uh, Dublin Mayo, but before that, Cork and Donegal. Now, you've seen A bit of all four you've seen a good bit of all four can I just ask you initially about the Cork and Donegal game Cork after the performance against Waterford and Donegal putting up that big score against Galway what kind of game you're expecting an outcome there
6: well first of all um I have to say it's not a surprise to see Donegal in the semi-finals I don't think anyway I would have actually tipped them to be there a number of weeks ago um I've said that I was very impressed with them at the championship last year. They were absolutely heartbroken to not have progressed into the semi-final stage. And I think that's the reason kind of the group of players and the manager stays in place as well this coming year. Um, and you know, they they have a great bit of pace especially in their attack and they, they are quite threatening, you know, in front of goal. So um I, it just goes to show that they really did kinda of knuckle down over the, the winter season as much as they possibly could and have brought that momentum straight back into the league here. Um and they they've come out top of their group. So that's fantastic for, for them. And with regards to I suppose taking on the Cork now, it's it's not probably appearing that has happened in, in a while but um, I think they're two very different teams if I'm honest I'm really intrigued to see how this plays out um, I think Cork as I mentioned are, are very resilient uh, they are incredibly I mean we we know that there have been down a number of players throughout the, the number of games in the league and I know managers are very reluctant to put out players that aren't 100% considering the condensed uh, nature of the league and leading quickly into Championship. But I suppose the one thing Ify has got to see is a lot of players on the pitch um he obviously and even from watching him on the sideline and listening to, to after match post match interviews and even I suppose in the build up to this league listening to interviews from the players themselves they were very hurt after the All-Ireland last year and are very um eager to I suppose come back really really strong and show that they've learned lessons from that and you know um not have that have have defined you know the, the, them as a team, mm. um, and they have shown you know I mean that game against Dublin I I have to say I think it's probably one of the best ladies football games. Um, that mm. we've seen in a very, very long time, um, and Cork played a huge part in that. Um, and I can see, I think, things that they've maybe changed in their style. They're playing a lot more direct, a lot more, a lot quicker ball into the forwards, or a lot more. I suppose there's not that slower build up that might have been there before. But they're they have some found some players inside there now that have some incredible pace. Mm. Um, and you know, I think it's going to be it's going to be a, a, an intriguing battle because both teams have I, I think Donegal really do have a, a real threat up front now and I, I just I wonder how Cork are going to you know combat the likes of the McLaughlins and Karen Guthrie mm. who, was playing with, who was playing with years but I mean she seems to be getting better every year um and look both teams ha- are going to pose a goal threat to each other they've posed a goal threat to all the teams they've played so far so it's it's, it's a very tough one to call, I think, from a neutral perspective. Um, hmm. and look, it's been a very much a league based on attacks more so than defences. So, that is going to be interesting to see how it, it does pan out next week.
1: From what you've seen of Cork, Michelle, are they on the right track? You mentioned the change, the slight change in tactics, which is something Evie Fitzgerald talked about. Are they on the right track to closing the gap to Dublin? Because for stretches of the game at Parky Creeve it's very hard to tell in a league game. They look like world beaters, and next thing Dublin hit them for 3 3. So, considering who's missing, and in fairness, Dublin have been missing a few too, are they on the right track or do they need to go a different way?
6: No, I, I think there is. I think there is a noticeable difference in their game plan from when they played them um, last winter. Um, and you're right Dublin did hit them but Dublin are doing that to every team and Cork are the team that have been able to bounce back from that onslaught you know other teams that Dublin have played so far you know they, they hit them hit them hard and the teams haven't been able to bounce back from that and Cork are the team that have been able to do that Um, and Cork were able to exploit some gaps in that defence and they did so in the first half of the All-Ireland last year as well Um, and they, they kept go at that right into the, the, the very end of the match Match last week. And to you know what? At the end of the day, you have to remember that if it wasn't for some absolutely top class saves from Abby, Abby Shields in the Dublin goal as well, yeah. it could have been an absolutely different story. It could have been a very different result. Um, so I, I do think that they uh, absolutely have made huge uh, steps in that way. And then, when, like you said, when you consider who's missing and who's to come back in, or even it's not necessarily that they're guaranteed to come back in now either. Like the competition yeah. that is there for places as well. It's, it's the case that it's a scenario that every manager wants to be in. Um, so I think they are on the right track in how they're approaching their game plan this year.
1: What about that other semi-final? I mean, Mayo... Are a very very good team and look looking that a little bit stronger again week on week. But are they any closer to taking down Dublin?
6: Um, I suppose. Look, Dublin have, if you take the court game out of it, have had very two very convincing performances against against Waterford and Tipperary. Um, and they're in. I suppose what some people would consider maybe the peak of. Uh, this this group of of players as well. They you know they they're they're so used to success now that it is a habit. They have a standard among their camp now that is that doesn't drop. Um, and you know they have a a unit there that whoever even if players are missing, that there's other players well capable to fit into that fold. And I think that is something that is keeping them and helping them to stay so successful. And it's not, maybe not something that every other camp has. Um, so I've been very impressed with them and how they're, they manage to, I suppose, kick into another gear when it needs to happen. Um, regards to Mayo... I was at the game against Galway and while I was very impressed with how they they started that first half against Galway, they did fall away for parts in the second half. And to be honest, Galway I think could took, took control for a large portion of that second half. Um and I would have would have had my doubts if, if Rachel Curns didn't come back onto the pitch that day as to whether or not Mayo would have actually finished out that game with, with a win. So like I think And again, I said this already... um... This goes right across the four teams that are in the the semi-finals. It's very much been a game of attacks, and there's been an awful lot of goal getting, and that goes for all the, all of these four teams. And I think it goes to show that you know not as much, what, with the condensed season, that not as much time has been allowed to focus on you know defensive play and setting up defensively, and getting that kind of system right. And I think maybe that's the takeaway from not having as much of a lead-in and preparation time, whereas the games are much more open now, from it spectator point of view they're fantastic do you know what i mean like the scoring the free scoring there's a lot more open space a lot more open play and a lot more teams going for it as well mm. um, and while i think mayo are well capable of getting scores and they have their targets i i probably would just have a few question marks as to whether their defense can can marshal the dublin players um, as well as they would like i mean dublin dublin's attack starts from the very very back and the players that come in from the bench make a huge impact. Um, so I, I think I'd have que- question marks as to whether Mayo's defence could cope with a Dublin attack. But I, I, I do think they, you know, they will pose a threat themselves. But I would, pro- I would expect Dublin, from what I've seen of Dublin so far, to come through that game.
0: The big red Saturday and Sunday from 6pm.
1: Cork were pushed to the pin of their collars in overcoming Waterford by three points down in Dungarvan last weekend. That victory secured a National League semi-final with Donegal, which takes place in Toome on Saturday. I got the views of Cork senior footballers Martín O'Brien, Keir Sullivan, Cy O'Leary and first Anya Terry O'Sullivan. Anya uh, Terrier Sullivan Corker into a National League semi-final, but as you would expect, they got nothing easy down here today in Waterford, but a, a good win considering how good the opposition were.
7: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we're, we'll be we're delighted we got the win, but um, you know I think we obviously have things to work on. But uh, that's what these games are for—just to get um, you know to give players a chance and to try and gel as a team. So we'll be looking forward now to it's a short turnaround to the semi-final. I think it's Saturday, so uh, only a few days to get ready for that now.
1: And Donegal in that semi-final obviously a team you've seen a lot of over the last couple of years and how good they are up and they've been having a good season another good test
7: Definitely yeah we've played them a few times I think the last time we played them in, was in 2018 and you know they gave us a, it was a really good battle so um, they've serious players as well you know I think their forward line there are um, very threatening so we'll you know we'll have to be at our best to try and um, get to a league final So, but it's all good you know it's great to get another game under the belt before championship mm. everything's happening a lot quicker this year so um, the more games we get the you know, happenings happy we be yeah.
1: A lot of competition for places in that forward line. There's some really good players after coming in, and McCleary, Kate uh Katie Quirk, um Soevo yeah. You're you're looking at that forward line and know you're coming back from injury, but it's good to have that competition.
7: Oh yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. You know, I think Soe and Katie there did really well again today. So has been playing great the last three games and Emma as well came on against Dublin, you know, so she scored a goal and a point and again another point today. So um it's great, there's loads of competition. But you know, that's what dri- that, uh, that's what drives the team on and um there's a few girls we can nearly make a team with the amount of injured girls that are there at the moment, but hopefully we'll all be coming. Back now over the next few weeks, and um, that'll just add to the competition again. And you know, just keep everyone on their toes, and um, that's what you need, really
1: from your own point of view just finally how close are you how far away are you from coming back
7: yeah hopefully I'm close enough now Um, just been seeing the physios the last few weeks so uh, hopefully I might be able to do a bit of training during the weekend we'll go from there then
1: ok Sive so uh, a victory over Waterford uh, it's your third consecutive game playing in this forward line for the Cork seniors you must be happy with your form and the fact that you're, you're after forcing your way into Ify, if Fitzgerald's yours thinking
8: uh, yeah definitely delighted with that um, I suppose this year especially I'd be playing with a lot more confidence Um, so it's nice that way and you know it's anyone's um, taking in positions in the forward line, but you know I suppose today we had a good win. But you know after the few games, it's really the whole panel is important because you know we were all tiring at the end. But yeah, no, we we're definitely delighted with um, the win today.
1: Um, you've got a very pacey forward line, full forward line in there. You've got Orla Finn, your Kinsale teammate, and you've got Katie Quirk alongside you today. But you seem to be working well with no matter who's in there.
8: Oh, definitely, sure. The whole of our forwards are well able to start. You know, it's anyone's. Um, taking really but um yeah i think over the last few games it's really been important about pace and just running at them for goal opportunities um, you saw against Dublin we had loads and I suppose it's just it's only f- the start of the year now but just finishing those goals for the next few games is just, they'll be vital really to get those goal opportunities
1: uh, Big test against Donegal now next weekend but again it's another match another test and it keeps you going
8: Yeah definitely um, do you know it's, it's great to have a match every weekend to look forward to um, so do you know we'll just focus on that now as um, I suppose we're only looking for Forward to the Waterford game last week. So yeah, this week we'll focus on um, beating Donegal now.
1: And just finally from your own point of view from Kinsale's point of view great to see another Kinsale player in that senior setup. Um you're delighted obviously with your form as you said and it looks like if you keep this kind of form up championship place might be beckoning.
8: Yeah definitely I suppose it's all about consistency um, and I suppose I'm a player I suppose that brings pace and I know that's um, important against the big teams especially so hopefully now I'll just keep it up and just keep driving at each team
1: Okay Kira. Uh, as tough a match as you could expect down in Waterford but not surprising you never get anything easy here
5: no, definitely not. We're well used to it. It's always a massive battle um, and today was no different. I think lucky to get out with a three-point win there. In the end we were we were definitely hanging on so we're delighted. We've lots to take from it but I suppose any day you do go away from home and get a win is good.
1: Um, scoring, you've been scoring consistently in all three games this year. You must be happy with your form because you're playing very, very well again today.
5: <laughs> yeah, I think they had a look at the square ball there for the goals but I think they owed us one after not giving the penalty in the first half so got away with it. But um, Yeah, I think what we keep saying in the forward line is it doesn't matter who scores and I think that's why we're getting getting a few scores on the board because everyone's being unselfish and just giving it and I think we'll be disappointed that there wasn't another one or two goals there if we just give one pass more so as I said that's something to, to work on you know maybe we tipped over a point or two when there was another goal or two there so loads to, to work on but I suppose we're really happy to have another competitive match with championships so close
1: uh, Donegalo in the semi final is if you you needed another stiff test you're certainly going to get that next weekend
5: definitely and um, I think Galway or Donegal beat be Galway there, so topping their group which means we're we're playing them and you know we're under no illusions how good Donegal are. We always get a massive battle off them and um, next week will be no different. But as I said, just to have another competitive game is is what we're looking for. You know, it's a long run into championship otherwise, so um we're hoping that we, we give a good account of ourselves next week, learn from what we did wrong this week and drive on next weekend.
9: Um yeah, I think look obviously we're not going to be happy probably with the scoreline when we, when we did have so many chances. Um, it's, Nothing to do with Waterford, you know. Like they put away the chances when they got them, and they probably could add a couple of more. But um, we need to focus on ourselves, and, and we're creating the chances. But I suppose we just didn't take them today. Um, happy with the win, we'll go away, we'll reassess. We don't have long, but you know we we have time to, to fix the mistakes we made today and uh, focus on ourselves for Saturday.
1: Is it a good thing that it's a short turnaround? Because as you said, you have really now got to focus immediately on Donegal because this is one of the best teams in the country.
9: I think so. I think you don't get the time to dwell on it, and you just we'll go into training now the next night and work on a few things. That we need to work on, um, but also look. I think we got out today without any injuries, which is always a plus. So we just recover during the week, um, work on on maybe like there's probably a lot of structural stuff we need to work on, which isn't you know it's 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 not going to be too hard I suppose. But again, it's we're just focusing on ourselves and and Donegal. Um, look, they're one of the best teams. They're top four five, six um, in the country. So um, they've been putting in some savage displays. We'll we'll see what they're about. You know, we'll we'll probably look at the replays of their games. But we're focusing really on ourselves and and what we can do.
1: Once again, the bench was important. A lot of young players coming in, like Sam McLeary coming in, making impact today. You see Si Valeri in the forwards. Um, very hot conditions out there today. I don't think people realise that. Another bonus heading into a match, wherever it is next weekend, against Gold for conditioning.
9: Definitely. I mean, we didn't actually realise, I'd say, the, the heat that was down here. But, um, yeah, I suppose we're a bit lethargic as well and we're just not used to it. But it's good. It Look, it, it gave us another really, really competitive game. The girls put a lot of miles on the GPS's there now and I think it'll benefit us in the long run, you know. Um, it's just less time, I suppose, that we have to do runs ourselves on the pitch, so it's a it's a plus. But no, um, today was good run out. Um, I think overall we're happy because we're going on. We're we're getting another competitive game, and that's really the important thing. I think going forward, you know, we're we're on to the next match. Whatever happened before that shouldn't really matter. We'll we'll reassess our mistakes and and go from there. But it's it's looking forward.
1: That's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Remember to subscribe to The Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune in to The Big Red Bench with Rudy O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan and Valerie Wheeler between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow The Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website redfm.ie.
0: The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday
3: from 6pm.